Welcome, everybody, to the... We don't have a name for this. Not yet. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, it's the we'll, call, we'll call it the uh, Fit for Duty uh, podcast, powered by Tenacity Strength, or produced by Tenacity Strength. Uh, joined by IFBB Pro, Vaughn and Teen. I'm Larry Brown. So, uh, so we'll cut right to it. Vaughn, tell us a little bit about yourself, your experience in the industry, uh, who you are, what you do, just, you know, nuts and bolts. So the older you get, the more you tend to realize that there are successive generations and many generations before you, and I'm talking about time spans of three to five years, who are now coming into their the age where they start paying attention to this stuff more and digesting it more. And if you are older than three to five years, or if you don't have an immediate, relatively close in, in terms of time history, people just don't know who you are. And not to say that I, I was like a prodigious competitor that did all these shows, but I originally turned pro in 2010 at the Team U. Um, it was actually the last time they drug tested the Team U. Um, was clearly an amateur before that. Um, turned pro, I competed one year in the 202 weight class. That was before they increased the 10 pounds to 212. And then my second year competing, I competed um, in the open class. I did two shows as an open competitor, three shows as a 202 competitor. One of those shows uh, was the Olympia uh, in 2011. It was the first year Phil won. And it was the year I believe Flex started his long reign as 202 slash 212 champion. Um, right now I am a I'm currently an active New York City police officer. I'm a detective with the NYPD. Um, and I also do coaching and training, mostly lifestyle. I do take on competitive clients, but I try to keep that to less than 10% of my total clients, which right now for me, that means I have two guys who are into competing. Um, mostly I do lifestyle um, diets and nutrition programs for uh, people who are mostly first responders. That's kind of my sub sub niche. I just try to take care of first responders because I know exactly how hard it is to be a first responder, to try to get yourself in shape, try to keep yourself healthy, the stressors that they're um, put against. And, you know, I've been, I've been very effective at helping people in, in that industry out. So that's kind of what I've been sticking to. It's funny how you mentioned that uh, a lot of people don't know who you are. So quick, quick, quick story to give a little bit of context. Uh, when I was interning for muscular development or doing side work for them uh, as a degree, as trying to parlay that into a journalism degree, I had the privilege to actually see Vaughn compete in Jacksonville when yes. Dexter, at Dexter Jackson's show when he had a 202 division. So I get flown down there uh, me and a friend, Lamar Bird. Shout out to Lamar. Um, Lamar, yeah. Yeah, he's still around, man. He's still around. He smokes a lot of weed, but he's still around. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we fly down there and we cover the show. And Steve Blackman was high up on Brandon Ray, who at the time was a contracted athlete with muscular development. Yes. <clears throat> so, we see, so we sit down there for prejudging, obviously. And me and Lamar just kind of look at each other like, Brendan ain't got this. So Steve calls me. Mm -hmm. And he's like, how does Brendan look? Oh, Brendan looks good. Yeah, he's going to win that show. I'm like, no, he's not. No, he's not. <laughs> Who's going to win? Vaughn and Teen. But Brendan, Vaughn and Teen. So when I sit back and tell this story, a lot of people don't believe me. I'm like, he may not. He, he still is very well put together, but uh, Vaughn was a motherfucker back in the back when he was competing. You could always count on him to be in shape. He knows what he's talking about um, as far as being in shape. And he's found that balance of work and bodybuilding with a rather difficult career in one of the biggest cities in the world. So if you're in the line for coaching or a lifestyle change, he's probably the guy to talk to. But you being a New York City cop, mm -hmm. um, y'all are going through some real stressful times right now. And yeah. 
Um, tell us how you're managing. How are you managing that? Okay. So in my present assignment, like I said, I'm a detective. Um, I work midnights. Um, we cover all of Staten Island for any investigative needs during the midnights. In general, because Staten Island is the least populous borough, I was formerly a cop in, and detective in Brooklyn. Brooklyn's a lot more pop, dense in terms of population, much more higher in crime. Um, it was crazy. Like I was in Brownsville, Brooklyn. I don't know if anyone out here listening will be familiar with Brownsville, Brooklyn, but Brownsville's no joke. Like it's, it was crazy. It was busy. It, it kept me going 24 seven here because of the hours that I work in a smaller population. It tends to be less crazy, but since this outbreak business has picked up. And when I say business, I mean the business of going to calls. We call DOA calls. People die in their homes. The police have to respond, make sure it's nothing criminal. And then we make arrangements with the morgue and funeral homes to take care of the person who passed this week alone we've had such a tremendous surge in calls for doas that might that are possibly covid related or definitely covid related and like i said it's just been busy like last night alone close to four or five calls that went out on and sometimes we don't go out and we don't go out on more than two three calls a week last night alone and I, and that's a trend that every everything every indicator says it's going to continue so right now new this little borough of Staten Island is getting hit hard, New York City in general. And I coach cops and I know cops and I speak to cops all over the five boroughs of New York City. And I'm telling you, um, there's a term called decimating the legions. Back in the days when, uh, the, when, when Rome was everywhere and they had legions, a Roman legion consisted of 100 soldiers. Now, when a commander wanted to instill discipline in a legion or they wanted to punish a legion, maybe some guys try to have a little bit of an uprising or maybe some guys went and slaughtered the village they were, weren't supposed to slaughter or did something wrong. They would decimate the legion. They would pick one in 10 men and they would kill that dude kind of to send a signal to the rest of the legion to get your shit together. Right now, the New York City Police Department is being decimated. We have over 5,000 guys out sick, um, more than 10%. By far, we're close to 14%. So we are literally being more than decimated at this point by this disease. And as manpower shrinks, I expect pretty soon that they're going to call upon us to work longer hours, cancel our vacation, cancel our days off. If this trend keep go keeps going the way it's been going. And in New York City, since we're the epicenter of this whole thing because of our population density, man, it's something I never thought I would see, but it's really bad out here. I mean, it's... It's bad and it's expected to get worse in the coming days. So it's been tough. So with that, how are you managing yourself and and your stress levels? Because I know here, um, a lot of people know that I used to live in Chicago, but I don't live there right now. I live in uh, Omaha, Nebraska. And it's people should be staying in, but we're not as densely populated as New York, so we're not. Right. But that doesn't disregard the fact that we should stay in. How are you guys managing and how are you managing uh, your own stress as well as your clients' stress uh, that work in law enforcement? Okay. Let me start personally. Um, my wife and I, we go for it daily, sometimes multiple times a day, sanity walks. <laughs> We actually play Super Nintendo, which arguably isn't the best thing for me because certain stages when I play Super Mario, I get super competitive or like worked up. So, like, Mario and Uno will cause divorces. Oh my God. Especially like she's better at this than on certain stages than I am. And like, I'm very, obviously I was a competitor and I'm very competitive when it comes to some things. And I didn't realize how competitive I was until I get into anything that's competitive and like I'm losing and I'm not taking it well. And, I'm, and she's like, it's just a game. You don't understand when you're a competitor and you're used to doing well and you're used to getting the best out of yourself. It's just a game doesn't exist. It's kind of like the Michael Jordan syndrome. Like he, th that dude could have been playing Skelly on the street corner. Michael Jordan was going to be a competitor and I'm not Michael Jordan by any means in any, in any 
thing that I've ever done, not to that level, but that competitive nature is there. And so that's been a good way for me to deal with stress, hanging out with the wife, um, walking. We do our home workouts here together. Um, we talk about the business of bodybuilding, prepping, nutrition, how we deal with clients, because she handles all of the female clients. Because when, side sidebar, when it comes to females and everything that they have going on with their bodies and hormonal systems or whatever, it is way more than I am willing, capable, or about to take on in terms of changes and all that stuff. But, you know, obviously she can relate. Um, she's done quite a bit of research into a lot of these subjects and she coaches our female clients exquisitely. So, you know, so we've, we've had the, that to keep ourselves engaged and sane. Um, obviously the same thing other people do. They work out at home, we watch Netflix and we just enjoy each other company. Um, a lot more than I thought us being confined to the home for extended periods of time than I, than I thought we would. I thought we would be bickering every five minutes about, about little things. But honestly, like, you know, she, I, I've actually been my rock. I've been able to kind of talk to her about work, you know, and so, you know, A, my wife, B, Super, <laughs> super Nintendo, C, going on sanity walks and keeping myself engaged and, you know, with, with uh, nutrition and bodybuilding and all that other stuff. You tell your clients to do kind of like the same thing? Well, my clients are all, it depends on their assignment. It depends on their work hours. It depends on their personal situations. Um, I'm actually about to do a mass email to send out to people to kind of give them little suggestions of how they could best busy themselves um, when they're not at work. I mean, work here is just so all encompassing, especially like not a lot of my clients do my hours. So they're, they work during the day and they work over on the four to 12s where it's just busy. They're getting pounded daily. 911 calls are through the roof. They have to deal with people. They have to go into situations where you don't know if the person has COVID in the household. Um, a lot of our higher ups are still pushing people to um, do certain enforcement activity that puts them in direct contact with this disease. So I'm trying to spitball in my head what I can tell them to kind of keep their stress down. I, I've been doing it on a case by case basis, but in general, I haven't ha had a overarching kind of strategy for, for people. And I'm still kind of come to terms with what I, what I need to tell people to kind of how to manage their stress because gyms are closed. The first thing I would tell people, get to the gym, get a workout in. They, they're closing the precinct gyms down because they, they, they're, they're assuming those gyms are a hotbed of infectious diseases. You know, disease is going to spread in the gym. But on a daily basis, to be honest with you, if 10% of any given precinct even steps foot into a precinct gym, that's a high number. So for the most part, you know, gyms are going to be good, but the commanders made a decision to close it. So I, my guys can't train. My guys are working crazy schedules. My guys are um, dealing with stress at home. Their kids are home. Sometimes their kids are homes with their wives. By the time they get home, now they have to take on that burden of relieving their wives, et cetera. So, you know, it's, it's kind of hard and I'm going to have to learn how to do something general and I'm going to have to deal with clients on an individual basis based upon what they have going on at home as well. So it's, it's, it's been tough. I haven't really come up with anything to guide them through it yet, but I'm working on it. I, I can't even imagine. So it's, like I shouldn't I shouldn't be bitching. Like I still have access to to two whole gyms. Um You're in a good situation and I hope it continues to stay that way because if we take care of our business in New York, then you'll never have to go through what we're going through now. So I hope that's but, the case. But you know the funny thing about it is is that our governor is downplaying the situation. A lot of people feel. Um <laughs> we 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 think that there's a lot more infected walking around Omaha than what's being let on and we're not testing a lot. I know in Lincoln they're not, I don't think they're doing uh, certain cases or anything like that. Um, so we could be walking around with a higher number of COVID cases and we don't we don't even know it. Um, well, here's, here's, the, here's the thing with that. If you don't test, you don't know. And if you don't take it 
as serious like you don't want to be behind the eight ball like we kind of were and still are in new york where we're just reacting to what's been happening by the time you guys start seeing large numbers and start testing more and realizing you have larger numbers than you thought it's already too late see way, now way too late yeah it's way too late um so a lot of a lot of people here are pissed at the governor for not shutting a lot of stuff down who's um, your governor then by the way part of my uh, pete ricketts Okay. Democrat, Republican. Uh, it's Nebraska. He Republican. Republican. Yeah, you read. You guys are. You guys are. Yeah. Deep, deep and I'm like, there. I get where he's coming from, amazingly. Mm -hmm. um, but also at the same time, like he should probably listen to the people of the state, and like if they want to shut down to get rid of the virus, then then shut it down. But like best case scenario, best case scenario is 100,000 people are still going to die. At least. At least. And that's that's the best case scenario. In my opinion, you may as well go the fuck outside. Right. I'm just like, I I mean, I don't know. Um, this week I didn't go. This week I'm not going. Next week I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play by ear. Um, but really, if you can stay home, stay home. But definitely try to get a workout in. I go to a workout, I go to workout, grocery store, um, and that that's essentially it. I'm already I'm already an introvert and I can't like yeah. I don't like really being around people yeah. for a long period of time. I get I get tired. Not I'm not even saying tired. I get uninterested real fast. Yes. I just kind of want to go back into my cubby hole. Yes. That's why I've always kind of spent my adult life just catering where I live at to how I want it and not have to deal with the outside world. Agreed. Like I go outside, get some fresh air. Okay, great. Let me go back inside. A lot of us can relate to that. It's, it, it's, it's funny, you know, you see the memes and my wife and I talk about this all the time. It's like, we've been kind of living this sort of lifestyle. A lot of people, a lot of gym rats, that's kind of how we always kind of been, you know, some of us more social than others. Some of us really enjoy but if you ask most guys who have had any sort of hardcore training mentality, you know, there's a saying here, work, church, home, <laughs> you know, work, gym, home has kind of been the way, you know, for better or for worse, a lot of us have been used to living the bulk of our lives with little excursions of socializing, family events, going to shows and stuff like that. But for the majority of guys you see um, who follow the industry, live that lifestyle or whatever, you know, mo most of us are used to doing those three things. So we're not directly bothered by it that much. What about you? you? Do you find yourself being directly bothered by the fact that there's not a lot of social events that you can attend at this point? Are you missing that stuff yet? Or are you fine kind of like with the way things are? I mean, I think I would like the option to go to a sit down restaurant. Oh, I, oh I, of course. That I, yeah, for sure. That, but that's about the only that's about the only thing that is difficult for me because me and my wife, we like to sit down, go to, like, before all this shit went south, we went to Longhorn the week before they closed the restaurants. Right. So that's that's about the only thing I miss. Um, you know, a couple of other stores are closed due to the fact that it's, you know, they, got, they can't really enforce social distancing. It's one big mart here called Nebraska Furniture Mart. They sell furniture, home decor, electronics. It's like a Best Buy on okay. steroids. So that's not open. So usually I will go in there to look at camera equipment or anything that'll make my video blogging, video blogging, workout shit on my YouTube a little bit better. But like right now, there wouldn't be any change. The real big thing that's 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 kind of an inconvenience, but isn't, is that the gyms that I go to, see in Nebraska, we have a, for a space like a gym, we have a 10 person per uh, room or per space limit. Okay, so one, that's the measures being taken. Yeah, so what, and we take it pretty serious. I know at one gym that I go to uh, called Iron Heaven, um, all the members physically count how many people are inside Okay. Or they step inside, and if it's 10 and they're the 11th person, they'll step outside, wait in the car, 
you know, wait till the person finishes their workout and then they'll go in. Okay. Last week I went, counted eight people, and I went ahead and went about my business. Um, but we stick to that rule pretty seriously there um, because, you know, the hardcore gym rats, we don't want the gym shut down. Right. We are going to, we are really good at, outside of going to the gym, we're really good at social distancing. We go to the grocery store, we just want our shit and leave. Some of some people get their stuff delivered now. I know I never a lot. I've never considered having my groceries delivered because I'm afraid somebody's gonna mess it up. No, we've been we've been doing that a lot. We've been I mean, we, we'll take like one weekly excursion to the grocery store just to kind of get uh, things that we couldn't get from delivery, but um our, our supermarket has a, a delivery service they call Peapod and you just put your stuff in. You, you tip your delivery guy online, um, he comes, he drops it at the door, and that's it. You, you, don't get, you don't need to be in direct contact with him. You don't need to wait on lines at the supermarket because here, I mean, the mentality here, especially the last, what would you say, about a week ago or 10 when it was really bad in the supermarkets? And like 10 days ago when this thing first like kind of hit when it was like brand new, when everybody was hoarding toilet paper and shit, like you went – Dude, you went to the supermarket, people were on top of each other, people were shopping like the world was going to end. And we don't have a food supply issue in this country. That's not what the fucking problem is. Understand? We have plenty of food. We're still making plenty of food. It's America, for the love of Christ. We don't have a supply issue. Nothing happened to decrease the supply infrastructure. People were just buying five, six, seven, eight times more than they normally do. And therefore, the, the shelves in the supermarkets couldn't keep stock, so it looked on the surface of things, like we were running out of shit. In fact, we weren't, because people were panic buying. So we just said, you know what? We can't be in this environment. Like, I, I'll pay whatever extra, whatever full price for the items, but we have the stuff delivered here now, so we don't have to put ourselves in, in that situation. And it's the ultimate social distance. And if you don't have to be in the same building with two, 300 other people acting like, you know, it's the apocalypse. So we've been doing that. Do you, now, do you guys have like a Costco membership or do you just like go to the regular grocery um, store? Regular grocery store, shop, shop, right? No, stop and shop. Sorry, shop, right? Stop and shop. Um, we do have a BJ's membership, but um, we haven't been since this whole thing started. We don't need, we have a small apartment. We don't need to really get a whole bunch of stuff. So we rather do it incrementally every week or one or twice a week, go out or have it delivered rather than stock a bunch of stuff in the house. If we thought there was a supply issue in this country, of course, we would stockpile warehouse stuff here, but we know we don't have a supply of food problem in this country, so there's no need to do that. You know what I'm saying? And um, you know, with with me and my wife go to a combination of grocery stores, but we also have a Costco membership. So Costco has actually been when it first hit, I couldn't find chicken breast at all. Oh yeah, that was bad. The first yeah. It was terrible. So I just kind of, we had stuff frozen up. So we just kind of, you know, gave up on finding any any chicken breast that we could put in the freezer. But everything else I was able to get, like oh. salmon, chicken, all that. So some really? of the- When you've been going, you've been able to get everything you needed? Every Everything I've needed. My wife is a couponer as well. So like before this started last summer, she just- gotten a coupon and after looking at a YouTube video and now all of a sudden we have a stockpile of various items like toilet paper. I won't body wash for two years. That's awesome, dude. We we won't we don't really need anything. And sometimes we just end up giving it away to uh some of the people that live inside of my apartment. So that's great. We've been able to go and get what we need, but what I'm finding and I'm I'm gonna ask your opinion on this, and I'm gonna ask from your perspective personally as well. Mm-hmm. We've been finding a lot of food that we should be eating. That, and when I say we, I mean us as Americans. Us too. I know what you're talking about. Go ahead. You know what I'm talking about. Yep. The, the outside food. aisles. Yep. Yes, the outside aisles. Everyone, yep. they go straight for the goddamn Doritos. They go yep. straight for the chips. Yep. Uh, uh, they go straight for all the goods, the candy. Uh, the alcohol, all yep. that, but the fresh meats outside of Walmart, the fresh meats, they're full, Right. produce is full, all of that. So have you found yourself like telling your clients, 
or anybody that's close to you. Don't binge eat. When you go shopping, stay on the outside and even yourself with an increased stress level. Do you find yourself going on the inside aisles looking for goodies to kind of like give you that common effect when you eat it or have okay. it or has it just been business as usual? Okay, well, and, and, and that's actually one of the things I really wanted to talk about. First things first, shameless plug to someone I have an affiliate code for and has been helping us out a lot in terms of this. Chicken Pound. Okay. Run, run by Carl, Carlo Filippone, the muscle chef. Oh, um, he's still around. Wow, this is his company, bro. That's his company? Yeah, Chicken Pound oh, is called. Okay. Bro. Yeah, so we've had, we get our chicken, grilled chicken, beautifully grilled and charred, excellent flavors. They actually just came out with a Caribbean jerk flavor. They have teriyaki, cilantro, lime, contest prep plain. So we have it delivered to us already cooked, so that way we just introduce it into our meals. Um, and it's been a lifesaver for us, so we don't have to struggle with finding organic quality chicken in a, in a supermarket or regular quality chicken because we just have that delivered fresh here. We get it 10, 20 pounds at a time. That lasts us anywhere 7, 10 days, sometimes more, depending on, on what our diet is, is looking like. And so we don't have to worry about it. But as far as the supermarkets, when we do go to the supermarkets for other stuff, man, those produce and fruit aisles, lush, fresh, green, packed to the gills. People are stress eating. People are eating the things that give immediate gratification, that serotonin release, that make them feel good for now. Nice influx of calories. People are snacking hardcore in their houses because there's not really anything else to do. And I know from a perspective of myself, um, we generally have one day a week where we have our free meal and we eat whatever we want for that meal. And then we go back to business as, as usual. The next, the next morning or even the next meal is our normal, um, I'm going to, I'm going to say it. I don't care if anybody has an uh, issue with the term because I've been using it for so long and it does have a certain connotation that I consider positive. We go back to our clean eating habits immediately after we have our free meal. And it's someone says, some people say this might not be the best way. You don't reward yourself with food. Yeah. You know what? If I eat, if, if I eat five times a day, seven days a week, that's 35 meals. If I, if I've eaten 34 clean meals during the week and I get to reward myself with one meal of whatever I want, that's going to keep me eating my next 34 meals with no problem because I get, you know, I structure myself. I get that little bit of gratitude, that little bit of payoff, and I'm able to move on and repeat that process over the course of years, which I have been, and have it be effective. Um, so, and then, okay, you're going to have, you're going to be faced with the snacking demons. So what we do is we make sure we have snacks in here that, you know, don't create a lot of damage. So a lot of sugar-free jello, a lot of diet sodas, um, uh, rice cakes, sugar-free jello. I can't believe it's not butter to spray on the rice cakes. Um, what else do we do? We have, we have protein bars, you know, in case you, you need some, you need something a little sweet to satisfy, to satisfy yourself, all conscious of how much calories everything is, is, um, has in it or whatever, because we track our calories. And I find that I'm, I'm able to kind of not dip into the more detrimental, less nutritious, um, stuff. So, I mean, we've been good client, client wise, I really haven't had that conversation with a lot of my clients yet because everyone is still making progress the ones who have not checked in yet i know why you're checking check in. yes you guys probably have have fallen off a little bit and it's fine you know i understand you know this is oh my god this is not normal <laughs> this is supposed to be the united states of america we are not supposed to be going through this right now we always say and I'm from the Caribbean. I'm Caribbean born. I'm born on the island of Grenada. My wife is born in Iran. You know, this is supposed to be a third world problem. This is not supposed to be a problem we're going through. We don't have the mentality as Americans. You know, we don't have the psyche to deal with this sort of hardship on a mass level. We simply don't. We have not since World War II and the, and the Depression before that. So this country ain't built for that. You understand what I'm saying? And America's great relief in times of hardship or whatever, foods, comfort foods. You know, so that's what a lot of people have been turned into. And that's fine. Like, I, at the end of this, I, I predict that, you know, once people 
get more disposable income if they have been having financial hardships, that the coaching business is actually going to expand because a lot of people are going to have to mitigate the damage being done from psychologically um, psychologically driven bad eating habits that they are right now as we speak engaging in. Mm. So, you know, we've been, we've been good. Most of, most of the clients have been good, but I expect that um, quite a few will fall off and other people, normal people as well. And they're going to need some sort of remediation when this is done. And, you know, that, that can be a good thing for people in the coaching diet, exercising nutrition industry, you know? I don't know if you follow an individual on Instagram by the name of uh, Dr. Mike Israetel, um, RP Dr. Mike. No, I'm so, going to look him up. Yeah, he said something very, very similar to you that um, when this is all over and people start making their way back, one of what, what research is finding is as research continues to go on about COVID-19 is that if you have underlying issues mm-hmm. and nine times, most, most of the people that die in Italy, unfortunately had underlying issues. One, yeah. they were old. One, they were old. Let's yeah. just get it out the yeah. way. You, yeah. can't, yes. you cannot combat age. So right. even if we take that off the table, you still have high blood pressure. You still have obesity, which one, which runs rampant in this country. Right. So right. people are neat. You're, it's gonna start being when you come when it comes to a virus like this, a lot of it is going to be survival of the fittest. Literally, uh, unfor- unfortunately, it, I mean it is what it is. That virus is nature, and isn't that the first tenet of nature? Like we are part of the natural cycle. We are part of a, a, a chain, whether we want to admit it or not. For all of our mental capacity, all of our emotions, all of our thoughts, all of our science, we are part of a close chain. And survival of the fittest is the number one rule in this chain. So we have fooled ourselves by our science and our innovations into being able to kind of sustain the weaker of us with a lot of the science, like like vaccines, medicine, all of these innovations. We've kind of been able to uplift the weaker of us and have them live long, fruitful lives. But when something when something of this nature rips through us, the the the, the herd is going to be culled, and the the weak will die off and the strong will survive. And I'm saying that with members of my family who have been ill and at least one of them tested positive with this. So, you know, it's not to be, it's not to be malicious or it's not to be, you know, not compassionate about people going through this, but this is the law of nature we're dealing with. And keep in mind, I have, I have uh, asthma. Right. Like, I'm, I'm vulnerable. Right. I, yeah, I lift a lot of weight. Yeah, people see me on YouTube or Instagram or whatever, but I, I'm vulnerable. Right. I, I could be one of the 100,000. Inshallah, it doesn't, ha- it doesn't happen, mm-hmm. but I could be one of the 100,000 people that, you know what? Yeah. That's it. And I mean, I think as long as I take care of myself, like I still try to maintain the same routine. I get up. Early in the morning, I don't have equipment that I can work with for this week. So what mm-hmm. do I do? I got some bands that I've gotten from Elite FTS. Okay. Uh, I do my body weight exercises. I okay. do what I can at home. And okay. then once I get the green light from the missus that I can go to the gym again, which is hopefully next week if she's watching. <laughs> um, I go in. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm going to bust my ass as hard as I busted my ass here. But the but the round robin of where I'm trying to get to is that the coaching business is going to explode. The fitness industry is going to even explode. Right. People, and, in the gym, people who have not been training at all are all of a sudden training at home. They're going to seek out the gym when all this is all said and done. They're going to have to because, again, you have one body. You have to take care of it. And if you can't – we're not saying you're not going to have any underlying conditions. Right. But, damn, if you can reduce – Right. If you can reduce something that will make you more likely to die, right. i.e. high body fat, right. then why not? Right. I mean, it's a no-brainer to me. Yeah. So. And a lot of people now have been who have been taking their health for, and the ability to exercise. Um, Paul Carter says this a lot. He posts a lot of stuff like about this a lot. He's one of the few people who I, I, I kind of follow 
and kind of always absorb their content. I try to shrink social media is so huge. You can't kind of follow everybody. You kind of have to follow people who kind of think along the terms you think and learn from them. You have to follow other people too, so that you don't get caught in the, in the thought bubble. I appreciate that too, but you also need to kind of, you know, follow along the path that you're, you're more inclined to follow along. Paul Card is one of these guys and he's always posted stuff saying, you know, we are blessed and fortunate to be able to exercise in this country for recreation. And we have facilities that allow us to do that. And so you, you, we take it for granted and a lot of us have taken it for granted. And now that we don't have that option, you see a lot of people, I, I, I promise you, I see, I look out my window and there's a little park out here and I see people who don't look like they've ever exercised a day in their life, but you know what, because they can't, and they have time at home because now they don't work or they can't work and they're taking advantage of that. And I think they're going to see how beneficial it has been for keeping them mentally strong, getting them physically strong and getting them through this crisis. And as you, you and I are both saying, they're, they're going to seek out more formalized ways to do that once this is over. So, you know, fingers crossed, hopefully this bad situation can open the doors to a better situation in terms of the American, um, overall health because in this country we're not healthy when i say we you know, you know the numbers and i have to tell you it's horrible so hopefully this this health scare once we get past this will lead to something where people want to take care of themselves better fingers crossed because people also have short memories and they're gonna be like ah it's over we go back to life as usual hopefully it kind of it hurts bad enough that people wants to make this change on a large scale and that 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 is my hope as well. Um, not everybody's going to take to it. Like, I'm just going to be quite honest. Not everyone's going to take to it. But hopefully, uh, that's the issue. But enough um, enough of the more morbid yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, we have to, we have to discuss it. Let's, uh, let's move on to lighter fare. Okay, so, uh, former IFBB bodybuilder, former MPC bodybuilder, mm -hmm. um, we have a what's the order that Donald Trump put out? We have to stay in place till uh, the thirtieth of April or something like that. Yeah. All yeah. right. So my my guess, my mm -hmm. guess, educated guess, we're not going to see the inside of an office possibly, possibly mm -hmm. till mid July, right? You mean a gym? Yeah. In a, any anything. Right. Like to where we're like, okay, your restrictions are slowly being lifted. Right. Right. Can open, you can go here, you can go here. Right. Um, that's really affecting a lot of people on a lot of people's prep. Um, I I guesstimate mm -hmm. that there will probably be a very scaled down Olympia. Um, the New York Pro is a wrap, in my opinion. Like, is there's no way. What do you foresee happening to the rest of the NPC and IFBB schedule? So my wife and I, um, we actually discussed this. Let's start at the top. Let's start with the Olympia. Um, my wife just showed me this. Can you see that? Rescheduled. You just called it. I I just called it. It's a wrap. Give me, give me those. Give me the August. <laughs> oh, man. August. So give me so give me the lot of numbers later on. We'll talk about that off screen. Okay. <laughs> so my wife and I actually were just discussing this, and you 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 know this. Do you remember when they actually held the Olympia in other countries? Yes. The so last now time, the last time they did it was oh, the last time they did it was when Dorian won his first Olympia. Then right. the second, third, and then the subsequent ones they held in Atlanta up until '96. Right. right. Chicago. Right. On Beach. Right. New York. Then Vegas. Okay. So now, and Olympia's been held as far as South Africa, famously pumping iron, right? Yeah, absolutely. So now, two things. What that allowed people to do was make it a more international event because mm -hmm. guess what? If the Olympia was someplace overseas right now, um, where the epidemic wasn't quite as bad, um, they could possibly get away with it, but it would have to be on an invitation base. They're going to have to test people. They're going to be like, oh, we're testing not for drugs. We're testing you for corona. If you don't got that rona, you come over here and compete, and they're going to have to shift it to an invitation-based platform, 
you cannot do the Olympia this year based upon qualifications. There are no shows to qualify with. So they're going to have to change the rules for this year, make it special, and do a by invitation only Olympia. Um, I'm not sure um, Dan Solomon is actually in a position to do that financially or if, you know, I mean, listen, the NPC now is worldwide, the IFBB is worldwide. Can they get a venue together in time to pull that off, a special invitation, a much smaller field for the Olympia, possibly even eliminate some of the other divisions? Maybe. Just to say that the show goes on, because one year they did it with just Arnold, right? Yeah. So just so that the show can go on, um, maybe they could look into something like that. And also you would eliminate travel restrictions for great champions like Hadi Chupin, who can't come to the U.S. necessarily and who definitely ain't going to be able to come this year. Between between Corona in Iran and the political stuff, Hadi ain't, he ain't coming this year. But if we had this Olympia in another country, you understand what I'm saying? Like if that doesn't have travel restrictions for people from other places you might be able to get more guys like that coming in. So that's what I think about. As I said I wanted to start with the Olympia. I think they can do a couple of things to save the Olympia this year. Now, be able to position themselves financially and politically to do that? I don't know. It, it won't happen this year, but you bring up a good point. The first country that came to mind when you were talking all of that, mm-hmm. and I feel it would be a great place to have it, Australia. Right. I agree. That would be a great place to have it. Italy, nope. <laughs> uh, you can forget that. The UK, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, guys over there like uh, James Hollingshead, Luke Sando, uh, uh, a couple of others, Jordan Peterson. Jordan. Yeah, I was just on the New York Pro. Um, I'm sorry. Um, the brother. What's his, what's, what's his name? Ooh. What's his name from the UK? Nathan. Nathan. My God, Diasha. Yeah. Like, Nathan yeah. Diasha. Um, yeah. So in the UK, I feel, and has there ever been a Mr. Olympia in the UK? Um, not to my knowledge, I would it's have. It's always to... been a British Grand Prix, right? But I don't think there's been an Olympia, right? That could work. So but... I mean, we could put Olympia out of Vegas and make it more of an international competition, and really say you're getting the best in the world to come compete, and maybe this could be the year that that starts. But I, I think they need to institute an old rule for it to work, which is. If you place the top 10 the previous year, you oh, get an automatic invite. And that's what I say might have to get the special invitation this year. I was going to just say, maybe they might have to do a 10-15 guy field, the top 10 from last year, plus five special invitations. Yeah. For a lot of people that don't understand, um, up until, ooh, I don't even remember the year, the top 10, if you place the top 10 in the Olympia, you automatically qualified. Right, as opposed to the top three. Exactly. Right. So, so that's what they will probably have to institute to make it to some Olympia. Because as it stands right now, it's about to be April in a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Not had a pro show following the Arnold. Correct. So now we get into June and July. No like qualifiers, right. like you can kiss junior nationals goodbye because Chicago's becoming a hotbed for Corona. Mm-hmm. Who's dieting? Who's training right now? Ain't nobody. Like, people are pulling out of shows left and right. I pulled my guy out of a show. I, you know what? He's a first responder in New York City. I, I wasn't going to be responsible for having him in such a caloric deficit that he's going to compromise his, his immune system in, in, a, in, a, in a city where corona is running rampant. I was like, bro, you're done. I was like, I, I'm not going to be responsible for pushing you and stressing your body out more. So I said, listen, we can pick another NPC show later on. But like, you know, you're talking about guys needing to go to pack gyms, dieting down to extreme caloric deficits, stripping their body fat, stripping their immunity down, putting themselves through all of this inherent stress in a time where your most valuable thing right now is your health and your immune system. It is unwise of anyone to be in a forced competitive caloric deficit. If you have some weight on you that is unhealthy, you need to get it off. Fine. That's actually probably going to benefit you in the long run. But if you're doing it for competitive purposes, God bless you. I don't think it's the wisest thing for you to be doing right now. I think everybody should be at a maintenance phase right now. Yeah. Ain't going to be no gains right now, bro. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a struggle to keep what you got. No, no one's going to be making gains and no one should be in a caloric deficit right now. If you ask. Yeah. Like, um, I literally, like literally the world is damn near. If it wasn't work from home is, it's at a, it's at a standstill. Right. I see a couple of guys still, Prepping um, with 
Would um, that be a reschedule? My boy, my boy Casey Fati, he's 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 going full steam ahead. Um, he, you know, he's still he's still dieting and, and, and training. Um, but he's just one of these guys. He's got like a mentality of unless like a, a, a limb of my body gets chopped off or I get told for sure, listen, shows are canceled. I'm gonna go ahead and do what I got to do. Um, but. Now that's just being very optimistic about the hopes for the rest of the season, which I personally think it, it's a, it's a wrap till at least August. Now that's Steve Weinberger's show. Steve Weinberger is saying August. That's the, the head judge of the Olympia is telling everybody, "I'm canceling my show till August." What do you think everybody else is going to do right now? And that's yeah, that's good. And let's just hypothetically say mid July. That'll probably be the first pro show to be held after the Arnold Classic, because Tim Gardner's show happens in Chicago. Great show, by the way. But if sure. things keep going, it's, it's done. Right. So you got Steve Weinberger's show in August. I don't think there's a male pro show for the Open after that. No. So if you don't qualify at the New York Pro, like Hunter Labrada was dieting. I don't know what he's going to do now. Um, mm. He was kind of my front runner. Uh, to place in the top six at that show, but I don't I don't know what he's gonna gun for now. Um, I, honestly, it, like I said, mid July is when people can start kind of getting back to some normalcy. Like New York Pro, if you really want to qualify, if you're really still into uh, competing and rising to the challenge and fighting a good fight, knock yourself out. Do Steve's show. Right. Well, a 2021 should be. I mean, shit. The Olympics is in 2021. Right. Might as well just shut the shit down and call it a day. Right. I mean, if anybody's listening, they got a sponsor. Your sponsor should understand because they probably ain't making no money either. Exactly. The sponsor should be happy right now that they don't have to. The sponsor should be happy. Like half of y'all are working for free product anyway, so they good. (laughs) Right. So I, I don't know. It's just this is a wild year, man. I never thought in my entire life. We're talking about an Olympia probably not happening. And just this is just speculation. Don't get mad at us, Robin Chang. <laughs> uh, this is, like I said, it's purely speculation. The hey. New Year's Pro has now been rescheduled. Right. It's been held in May since I started bodybuilding when it was known right. as a night of champions. Absolutely. So, like, this is a, this whole disease is like turning people on his head. Let me tell you something. I'm 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 kind of a Star Trek, a, a sci-fi nerd, as a, as are you. Um, there's an episode of Star Trek Voyager called "The Year from Hell," where the ship is kind of going through this um, far-off, uncharted region of space, trying to get back to Earth, and they encounter this region of space that is controlled by this enemy who has greater greater technology, greater numbers than them, and trying to get through that space, they are pounded and attacked mercilessly. The ship is down to bare bones, crew members are dead, diseases running rampant among the ship, people are sick, and they get to a point where they approach a singularity and they have to fight their way through that singularity, but they could reset the year if they do so. And the end of the episode, you see the ship kind of almost completely exploding right before they reach the singularity and they reset the year. And they call it that episode, the year from hell. I kind of feel like that's what 2020 it's going to be for all of us. We're going to get to, we're going to get through this ragged, tattered. Some of us fat. Some of us without jobs. Some of us. Um, listen, I could hear my name. Some of my neighbors arguing now. Some of us are going to lose relationships. Some of us are going to lose a whole lot more than that. And bro, we're going to be that mangled, mangy, skinny cat that you find on the street. Mighty lions marching into. 2020 with all the hope and vigor in the world we're going to be skinny stray cats by the end of the year just barely making it through this thing a lot of us and this year from hell is going to have to reset itself because it's going to be more than half the year that we have to deal with this and the, and the ramifications of it are going to extend far after that so and that on every level much less the competitive bodybuilding scene so you know Bodybuilders, take stock of what's important, guys. And this is not the year to be making plans for shows or anything besides keeping yourself and your family and your circle as healthy as possible, emotionally, spiritually, financially. Circled wagons, guys. <laughs> this is going to yeah. be a tough one, you know? Yeah. If you're getting a stimulus check, just, I mean, put shit away, really. Yeah. Just put it away because it's going to get rough. It's yeah. going to get real 
real rough. Yeah, but, but back to bodybuilding. Yeah. Uh, as far as 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 far as do you see anyone really on Instagram going full steam ahead with their competitive plans in terms of bodybuilders? Man, like I said, uh, my friend Hunter Labrada. He's uh, not my not my friend Hunter Labrada. But if he wants to be my friend, hey, uh, <laughs> um, Hunter. I've seen Hunter Labrada. He's going full steam ahead. He's still training pretty hard. Uh, I have a friend who actually owns owns the gym that I train at, Iron Heaven. Mm -hmm. uh, Nick Langer. He adheres to that ten people rule, and he's going full steam ahead. Um, I don't know what show he is planning on doing, um, but it is is I, I don't know. I don't know. He would like to do North Americans, but everything's up in the air. Uh, but also, he's a small business owner too. Okay, they're getting hammered. But he's—I mean, the man just had uh, what ten plates aside on an Arsenal strength hack squat the other day, oh. and hitting it for reps. So he's not slowing down. Um, I don't think a lot of I don't I haven't seen I've seen more people pull out of shows rather than go into shows. I know one of my favorites over in the UK. James Hollingshead, he he was going to do Chicago. He was like, I can't deal with the stress of not knowing what show to do. And right. they're going to be closed. Right. So I had to just pull out and do something next year. But I've seen more guys like just post up at the crib chilling. Right. Now, the, the, one, the ones that can't. Now, this is my opinion. And my opinion isn't isn't going to be popular, but I don't care. Um if you have the ability to train and we're not talking, we're not talking uh, competitively. If you have the ability to train and to continue to push the envelope for your workouts, this year ain't going to happen. Next year is going to happen. Right. You have that ability and you choose not to train. Right. If you don't put that on your list of essential places to go, then quite frankly, you do not deserve to win. That's my opinion. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure if, uh, right. I'm not sure if a lot of people will agree with that. I have, I'm kind of an extremist, right? I want everyone to do well. So if you have that little, that little glimmer of hope that you're able to compete, that, that you're still able to train and know that next year is coming, then train, train your balls off because it's going to happen. Um, a girl I follow who's actually from the UK. You see a trend here. I like UK bodybuilders. Uh, her name is Rhea Gale. She's a figure girl. She's still doing what she can. And she's, you know, next year is going to be her year. But like, if you have the ability to train and you're not fucking training, then you don't deserve to win. I don't know. Am I, am I wrong in my thinking? No, because you know what? When it comes to competitive bodybuilding, there's a certain mindset that you have to adapt where, um, you need to think of both the short game and the long game. And you always have to be thinking about winning, not just competing. You have to be thinking about winning. And if you're not ready to do what winners do, you're just going to be cannon fodder. You're going to be second call out fodder. You're going to be one of the people crowding the backstage area, taking up space until the people who have it in their mind that they're here to fuck shit up and win. You're just going to be taking up oxygen that they need. It's not, I'm not like that in life, but when it comes to competing, I'm 100% like that. You're, e you're either winning or you're losing, and, and, and if you don't have the mindset that you're here to, to actually dominate and, and handle business, you're just taking up space and I have no time for you as far as being a competitor. So, you know, once you make your mind up, once you engage yourself, okay, it's going to happen either next year, so this is what I have to do for next year, or I'm holding out hope it's going to happen for this year, so this is what I'm going to do and going all out. I urge you to get smart and realize it's not going to happen this year, but some people are optimists. They think it's going to happen this year. Handle your business accordingly. If you think it's going to happen next year and not this year, handle your business accordingly. But by all means, handle your fucking business. Do what you got to do to overcome and adapt, you know? So that's kind of the mindset that I'm in. I'm outside of competing, so I'm trying to give a little bit of clarity to people who um, do compete. It ain't happening this year. Stop yeah. holding that whole pippy long stockings. It ain't going to happen. It's a wrap. Yeah, it's a wrap. You may as well just sit back, look at look at Tiger King, 
I advise everyone that's watching this to not watch that shit. I got an episode and a half in. I have not. And don't, I don't. I'm telling you. Okay. I'm, don't, don't, don't. Yeah, I we are not Tiger King. No, no Tiger King. No, I did an episode and a half, and I'm, I'm straight. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I just think this year is a wash. Is that a bad thing? Not really. I mean, no. if you're if you're an excellent bodybuilder, time is always going to be on your side. Exactly. It's always going to be on your side, especially if you're young. If you're if you're below the age of, throw out an age. Just throw out an age. 35. If you're below the age of 35 and you're still training hard, you are going to do very well. If yeah. you adhere to your diet, you don't cave in to the stress and you keep on you keep on pushing. Not only that, I think it's a good time for a lot of people to come off of heavy training, stop damaging your joints. It's a damn good time for a lot of people who've been pushing the gear hard since day one to take their foot off the gas pedal heal your body up you know um it's it's you're actually probably going to end up this year probably going to end up prolonging a lot of people's lives in terms of if they're smart if they decide to take take a step back a little bit until this whole thing is over you know famously kevin lavrone who half half the year this man was a civilian you know you, you probably can't even tell he was a bodybuilder but when it was time to put his foot on the gas his results what second, third in the Olympia every year without without fail. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people I think would benefit from stepping back a little bit from some of the more detrimental aspects of the sport and looking at other aspects of their lives because sometimes you form a bubble when you're a bodybuilder and the rest of your life is caving in on you and you don't fucking realize it because that bubble is so strong, so intense. Let the bubble down. Look at your family. Look at your friends. Look at your loved ones. Look at look at look at look at your money situation. Look at your if you want to start a side gig or a business or start investing in something outside of bodybuilding. Now's the time to kind of pull back and do it. So I, I urge people in the competitive aspect of the sport to kind of step back a little bit, man. Like some of the best supplement company owners are PJ PJ Braun. He's a competitive bodybuilder. He stepped out of that bubble and he looked further. Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Singerman, you know, he's a hardcore trainer. I'm not sure if Aaron ever competed, but look what he's doing on Redcon 1. Um, good friend of mine, Mike Arabic, Condemn Labs. He was a great um, national level bodybuilder. Dominic Cardone, he expanded his coaching business greatly. Dominic is now arguably one of the top coaches in the industry as far as getting guys in shape on stage. You know, now's a good time, people. It ain't too late for you, kind of see what else you could do either in the field of bodybuilding sports training or whatever but you know kind of like i said before circle the wagons and start looking at other things you can do to shore up other aspects of your life you have the time don't waste it you have damn near a year they yeah pretty much um i know we talked yesterday and you saw a video uh on nick strength and powers page about increasing your social media visibility yeah. Builders should get into brand building because after spending years talking with a lot of bodybuilders after they win or the lead up to the show, um, again, it's going to be another controversial uh, statement. Uh, some of these fucking people have no personality. So probably spending some time with self, understanding self, and then projecting uh, your personality out there more because uh, while a 18 plate aside hack squad is very impressive, if you can't talk, right? I mean, we we live in a communications based world. We're either communicating yeah. by words or by numbers. So if you can't communicate, that's that's something that probably people should spend some time on as well. Here's the thing: I think it might be the case more than less with some bodybuilders. It's not that they don't have personality. They're just so introverted. A lot of bodybuilders tend to be introverts. And their ability to express who they truly are deep down in there, they manifest that in the weight room. That's how they express themselves. You know, that's where they take all of this stuff that's inside and they put it to work. Now's the time to channel all of that stuff right here. Yeah. You know, and 
and grow your brand and get yourself to be known. You know, there's lots of there's lots of books, ebooks, um, audio books that teaches you how to express yourself more. Free on YouTube. Look into that and practice it. Even if you don't, even if you record the video and you never upload that shit, you never let anyone see it. Start practicing how to be a, a true representative of the fire that burns within you for the sport of bodybuilding. And I'm telling you, a lot of these people who have this desire and this ability to train, I've seen people who don't have the natural talent but has the ability to manifest that inner fire do tremendously well. You know, because they 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 get it out and they put it out there. So I think that's what a lot of guys right now who has that fire need to do: is to practice speaking, so you have a, a better speaking voice when you want to communicate, and 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 you learn to not stutter. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna watch this video later and be like, "Damn, how many times did I say uh or like or something <laughs> like that?" You know, but only if you practice it and you get it out there and you start doing it. You know, so I encourage a lot of people to kind of get out of their shells, get out of their bubbles, and start projecting their personality into this social media, building your brand and being able to, you know, build something for yourself outside of bodybuilding or something that shores up your bodybuilding, you know? Yeah. Now's the time. Now's the time. We've ran about hour and two minutes. Any I'm, thoughts? Okay. No, that's it. I, for, I'm very, very happy with the outcome for the first one. We'll try to get a little bit more structured and in detail about certain topics, even certain people, certain bodybuilders, certain, personalities i guess the next time around yeah definitely definitely so um for vaughn i'm larry we thank you for tuning in seeing uh two people just talk bodybuilding and hopefully um it'll be a little less covid19 talk next week but i doubt it so right we'll see but until next time thanks for tuning in guys god bless peace